Welcome back, everyone, to the Wheelie podcast. I'm your host, Micah Toll, and I'm joined by Seth Weintraub. How's it going, Seth? I'm good. Thanks. Awesome. So we've got a bunch of new electric bike, electric motorcycle, all sorts of e-mobility stories to talk about this week. Uh, what's the first story on the list here, Seth? So Chinese electric moped giant Niu. Is it pronounced Niu or New or what? I always say Niu because that just rolls off the tongue easier than Niu. But, you know, yeah. we should really ask them at some point. That's true. All right. They're the radical new e-bike is set to shake up the U.S. and EU markets. And we know new from like mostly mopeds and even, you know, even they have a, a moto. But now they're kind of going down cycle to down cycle again to uh, <laughs> e-bikes, a move kind of similar to Livewire Harley. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this is a it's a move we've been seeing a lot recently, but it makes a lot of sense for new here because Unlike Harley Davidson, who worked with much you know more heavyweight motorcycles, news mopeds are really in the you know 50 cc, 125 cc class. They're they're small, light electric scooters and mopeds. So an electric bicycle is just you know a, a short skip away from that. And what's interesting is when they decided to design a bicycle, they didn't go with the typical diamond frame setup. They went with a very new type of uh, design here and I think it's pretty neat it's got this u-shaped step through frame and it doesn't look like a typical step through bike you know it doesn't look like a Dutch bike it it looks a little uh, more sort of futuristic almost and and I like the way they've hidden those batteries in there I think there's even if you scroll down a bit a, a cool gif showing off the uh, those two batteries where each one is held on one side of the u and it's a really neat way to fit a bunch of battery in there. Each one's uh, 480 watt hours, I believe. So almost a kilowatt hour. And that's the same battery on each one, right? So it, like you don't have to figure out this is the front battery, this is the back battery. Yeah, they're um, uh, the same battery. So you could switch them out uh, or you could even just ride with one, I believe. Though you might have sort of a weird uh, opening in your bike there if you don't have them mm-hmm. both in. But uh, it's, it's a slick design. And even you know looking past just the design even though that's the first thing to sort of grab your eye on the parts side, you know, they've got that belt drive there. They've got an integrated rack. So it's built right into the frame. You know, it's not one of these universal racks that's kind of dinky and sort of fits the, the headlight follows the same new style where it's that nice halo. And then uh, they're going to have their uh, vehicle app, which works across all of their scooters and mopeds also integrate with it. So you can, um, you know, determine where your bike is. You can check the charge while you're inside your house and it's out on the street. All of those things are going to be available as well. So it's neat that they can, uh, you know, leverage a lot of the technology they've already developed and implement it on a much smaller vehicle. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of neat stuff about this bike. Um, it looks like a Gates uh, belt drive. I don't know if it's actually Gates or not. They haven't announced the supplier. There are other um, you know, belt drive makers out there. And at this price, they're looking at $1,500. I'd be pretty impressed if they could get gates on there, but, uh, you know, they've got huge scale, so maybe they can. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Like I I noticed the handlebars are kind of bent back. That's a little bit of a Dutch style, um, there, um, as well as the, the wheels are, are, um, kind of, they're, they're big and, probably soften the road up a little bit, but there's no suspension. So 
Yeah, that's the trade-off, I guess. Right. Looks yeah, like I think really... they're... Sorry, go on. No, it just looks like a really like well-put-together bike. Well thought out. Yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with it. It's not their first stab at a bike. Uh, a couple years ago, they had sort of a chunkier-looking concept that I'm not sure if they actually brought to production. But for a second stab at a bike, this one, I mm-hmm. think they've they've really knocked it out of the park. And with their manufacturing scale, I mean, they did a million vehicles last year. That's just, I mean, compared to anything in the U.S. Uh, electric bike market, they could come in right. and just totally redefine the space. And at that price point, $1,500, I mean, that's, uh, that's like a shot across Rad Power Bikes bow right there, right? Right. I mean, that's a, that's a serious bike for 1500 bucks. Yeah, so I'll be excited when they bring these in. I think it's around the middle of the year, summer sometime, that they're looking at, at rolling these out. Though I'm not sure we have an exact date yet. But, uh, you know, whenever they have these first models, we're definitely going to get one to review. And I'm excited to see how this thing rides, because just by the looks on the spec sheet, it's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. So back to that spec sheet, uh, two batteries, uh, you said 500 watt hours each? Yes, each one uh, 480, and then uh, the motor itself is 500 watts. Though there's going to okay. be a 250 watt version, so um, you know people in Europe, Europe can still enjoy the bike. And is that a 500 watt nominal? You know, peak I, of 600. Or, right. You know. I'm not sure if they've um, you know declared whether that's a, a peak or a continuous rating. With uh, okay. the speeds that they're looking at, it's supposed to be a class three bike. So uh, 28 miles per hour, 45 kilometers per hour. I'm guessing 500 watts would be the uh, continuous so that it peaks up more like 750. Because uh, okay. to get up to 28 miles an hour, that, that takes a bit of power. Yeah. And uh, do you think this will be open to uh, some you know, some editing on the, uh, the controller? Or is this going to be pretty locked in, locked down? because they sort of have their own proprietary uh, software and system, I doubt that there's going to be a lot of modifications that they're going to allow customers to do. Some e-bike companies, you know, they sort of promote that, right? Like they, it's, it's an open secret that you can go in and make changes, mm-hmm. but I'm guessing that new is going to want to retain more control over what people are doing with these vehicles. All right. One last question on this one. Um, that, rack looks super strong on the back is there going to be like a seat and a peg option do you think or uh is this just going to be a single rider situation i'm not yeah i'm not sure i haven't seen any um peg options you're right though it does look really sturdy so i could see them coming out with something like that especially because it would be within sort of the dna of new right they're very much you know passenger carrying vehicles but we haven't seen any, you know, accessories for passenger kits or anything like that. All right, looks really exciting. I uh, fifteen hundred bucks, jeez. Right. Kinda, kinda, if you're gonna spend fifteen hundred bucks on a bike, that looks like a pretty big pack, pretty nice package. Um, and you should spend fifteen hundred bucks on a bike. But anyway, uh, next story: uh, Bitrix Moto Review, a fun moped-style electric bike that can cruise for days on a charge. So obviously a big battery pack here. Um, Bitrix, we're you know we're kind of excited about. They have some other bikes that are um, like the Juggernaut, that are full you know twenty uh, six inch wheels, um, and they have like I think those are Bafang Ultras on those, right? 
Yeah, they've got um, either Ultras or BBS HDs, um, though I think they have multiple Ultra models. Um, they, anyway, they've got a really wide lineup. This one does not have that. It's got a rear hub motor, but tell us about it. Yeah, so this is very much like a motorcycle with pedals style bike. Um, you know, it's the moped format that we often think of associated with brands like Super 73 because they make it kind of ubiquitous. But um, it's, it's very much the high handlebars, long bench seat. Uh, it almost feels like you've got ape hangers on there. You know, like your, your hands are up at shoulder height when you're riding around. Yeah, it, it gives yeah. you that real sort of California cruising feeling to it. And this one is just a blast. I mean, it's you got to embrace that it's basically a motorcycle, right? Like, it's not a, a lightweight bike. It's not uh, a nimble little folder. It's for getting that, you know, moped-style feeling. And in that sense, I mean, this thing just, it crushes it. Like, it is just so much fun to ride. It's uh, I think it's marketed, like, 28 miles per hour. I had trouble getting it up past, like, 25 or 26 Maybe like, you know, when the battery's fully charged, you get the full 28, but even at, you know, 25, 26 miles per hour, it feels plenty fast. And with those big tires, you get that tire roar going. There's a lot of bike moving down the road. And and what is the motor on that? It's a 750 watt. And okay. that's probably one of those like wink, wink, you know, it's really pulling right. like 1,000, 1,100 watts. Okay. And then um, lots of battery on this one. What's... What's the specs there? Yeah, so um, you can get the one or two battery option. Uh, the one I tested had two batteries, and they're 48 volt, I think 21 amp hours each, so um, a little bit over a kilowatt hour. So two kilowatt hours combined. They say that's a maximum of 100 miles of range, you know, 50 miles per battery. If you're pedaling, maybe, you know, I definitely didn't yeah. see 50 miles per battery. But even, you know, at 25 miles per battery, which is pretty reasonable for a one kilowatt hour battery, that's still a 50 mile e-bike, you know, without pedaling, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. And I think when, you know, this obviously reminds me a little bit of the um, Hyper Scorpion 2, um, you know, not form factor necessarily, the different different way, but just specs wise, uh, having two, two kilowatt or two separate kilowatt hour batteries. Um, and you know that form factor. Um, I don't think people want two batteries to go 100 miles. I think they want two batteries so they can go full throttle for you know an hour, so they can go you know 30 miles. Um, at least I can say for me that's that's why I have the the extra battery there. Um, so looks like a lot of fun um, suspension as well. Um, is that rear suspension? No, this one, yeah, this one only has the front suspension. But, okay. you know, with those fat tires, you get a pretty decent cushion in the back if you don't, you know, overinflate them. Mm -hmm. um, the other cool thing about this one is that um, it, it comes in two frame sizes. So this one has 20-inch wheels, but they have a 24-inch wheel version. And mm -hmm. that answers what is probably the biggest complaint I see on mopeds is that the smaller frame doesn't fit larger riders. So they have that big option, which is pretty neat. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, it, it, it fits a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff on there. Um, what is the retail price and what is like, you know, can you get it on sale? What's the deal there? Yeah. So this one, I think it starts at 2300 and then, uh, and that's the single battery version. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't recall the, I think it's probably another, 
four hundred ish or so bucks for the second battery. Um, so, so it, 20, it com- compares to it, the Hyper Scorpion too, pretty pretty well there. Yeah, it's, it's competing in the same class. It's above the sort of entry level mopeds like the Super Seventy Three ZX and maybe the Aerial Rider X class, but it also has some some nicer components like. Um, if you know someone goes back and watches the review video, I showed a comparison of a headlight, and it's a fifteen hundred lumen headlight, so it actually lights oh, wow. up the road. Like it's not one of these little, you know, be seen by car lights. Right. Like it just turns night into day. <laughs> um, it's got very nice hydraulic brakes. Uh, it's only a single speed, which you know at that price, I would have loved to have seen, uh, you know, even like a, a six speed derailer on it just so that you know if you ever ran out of battery it would be a little easier to pedal though it is geared pretty low if anything i'd say that it was a bit tricky to you know keep up with it at the higher speeds really it's you know if your battery does run out you can pedal it at like seven eight miles an hour but once you get above 15 you can't really spin your feet fast enough to keep up right right yeah and that makes it tricky when when you're trying to do like class one situations right so you know a multi-speed derailleur could have been a nice addition especially at this price i mean it adds a little bit of weight but this is already i think it says uh, 90 pounds there you know what's another half pound when the bike weighs that much yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where like when i've never i almost never ever changed my gears on on any of the bikes like this that i you know for me it's the uh hyper scorpion you know it has a full gear set i'm i'm always in the highest gear which is like it just seems silly to to even mess with that but in that rare instance where you have to drive slow maybe you're on a uh, bike path or something uh it is nice to you know not have to go really slow with your (laughs) your pedaling that's a cool bike i uh i like this one all right, let's move on a little bit. All right, switching gears a little bit. Uh, we're going to watch the Tesla Model S Plaid take on a Harley Davidson electric motorcycle in the quietest drag race ever. <laughs> yeah, this one, it's, it's funny because we've seen before a uh, Harley Livewire mm-hmm. uh, versus Tesla drag race. And I think the last time we saw one of these, it was a uh, Model 3 Performance. And the live wire just edged it out. Like it was, it was a photo finish, but the live wire beat it. But this time against the Model S Plaid, like it, it was over before it started. Yeah, and how how many uh, horsepower is in the uh, in the Model like S Plaid? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just absurd. And and it's the Model S Plaid isn't the only vehicle right now with close to a thousand horsepower. The Lucid's pretty pretty close up there. Yeah, so the, I mean, the live wire, it's quick. It has a zero to 60 mile an hour in three seconds. Uh, I've, I've done it and it's it's very quick, but, you know, that doesn't compare to, to something like the Model S Plaid. Oh, yeah. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the, it was a nice little exhibition, but I don't think anyone was placing bets on the live wire in, in this matchup. Yeah, and the live wire even beat it off the line. It wasn't even, it wasn't even like, kind of looked like the live wire was standing still yeah. um the live wire has wheelie control right yeah is definitely that, so that um, slow, does that slow it down at all 
I mean, I, I think it depends uh, what the traction situation is like, because right. certainly you don't want to be lifting the front end up and, you know, losing control. But I think here it's more like how much power can you actually get to the ground, especially with, uh, you know, having four wheels powering the Tesla and having just one, uh, you know, a single powered wheel on the on the live wire. I don't think it was as much uh, wheelie control as it was just how quickly can you put that power down? Yeah. You know, I wonder... Um... You know, so we, we uh, recently reviewed the uh, Aerial Grizzly, uh, which is a all-wheel drive, which is to uh, bike. Um, I wonder, because electric makes it a little easier to have a all-wheel drive uh, bike. I wonder if any of the motorcycle manufacturers are toying with that. Have you seen any all-wheel drive bikes, like motorcycle bikes? Uh, I've seen concepts for a few. Um, I think at one point there was even talk, I forget which manufacturer it was, maybe it was BMW even several years ago about like a hybrid setup, having like a, a front wheel motor and then, uh, you know, a gas engine drivetrain on the rear. But there oh, are not, not that I know of, are there any uh, production all wheel drive electric motorcycles right now? It would be super I easy mean, though, you're right. It would be much easier. Uh, you know, there'd be a little bit more weight in the front uh, for steering and stuff, but um, I guess it's really not something you need day to day. It's more like that one time that you're on the track. So it would yeah. be cool to make a track bike. I wonder if you could probably like hack up a uh, Harley and, and do that or something. Yeah, it'd be an interesting experiment. I mean, you know, in the twisties, I think you'd regret it when you're trying to turn a bike that has that big, heavy front wheel. Right. And even like on a track, I mean, I think you'd still need to keep most of the power in the rear wheel because that front right. one would would have less traction on it yeah but it'd be a fun like franken project right well it would also also put more weight at the front that's true yeah. good. all right that's mostly just eye candy really <laughs> um and all right so new 20 mile per hour momentum e-bikes yeah so momentum it's a uh a sub brand of giant or i guess it's a sister brand because giant is owned by a giant group and giant okay. group also has momentum here so these are uh, a couple of nice um, sort of urban commuter slash road bikes uh, there's uh, one of them as the the flat bar style like you see there and then they also have a drop bar version which is kind of nice I'm not a huge mm -hmm. drop bar guy I know a lot of people like to you know get into that tuck and enjoy the drop bars so it's nice that they have both of those options and these are, are pretty slick bikes I mean they don't look electric until you sort of like get up there and, and start examining them um and they're just uh you know nicely designed the the price is a little bit high for um i think those are our hub motor bikes so we're looking at like 2300 for that uh, flat bar yellow bike and 2700 for the uh green drop bar bike and you know the production looks great the components are higher end um, though I know like the Lycra folks are going to tell me that those are like mid-tier at best derailers and such, but it's certainly a lot nicer <laughs> than the, you know, the, the bargain basement, uh, Shimano, Acera parts that we see on a lot of electric right. bikes. So, you know, these are nicer components, nicer brakes, um, you know, still Kenda tires, but, uh, you know, that's fine for us normies, you know, we're not on the tour de France circuit. Yeah. So these are like gravelish bikes, you would say? Yeah, I mean, they're, they they could sort of do dual role like that. Um, I think that, you know, very much like that sort of crossover 
city touring, trekking, um, you know, line blurring bikes would be where these these fit in best. So I'm not seeing a lot of power. Like uh, the battery thing is pretty well is pretty thin, which you know obviously helps it you know camouflage the the electric part of the bike. The motor looks a little small. What are the specs here? Yeah, so these are 250 watt motors. Um, I don't recall off the top of my head the battery size. It's probably in the 250 watt hour range because you're right that it just isn't a very thick down tube. But uh, yeah. these are also pedal assist bikes, right? So you know you're going farther with that same energy. Uh, the you know back of the envelope math is that pedal assist gets roughly twice the range as throttle riding. It depends how fast you're going, but um, you know it's the quick and dirty. So, you know, a pedal assist bike that has a 250 watt hour battery is probably going to get somewhere around the, the same range as a 500 watt hour e-bike, which is closer to average. So, you know, they're, they're a little small on the, on the power and the, and the battery capacity, but they're fitness bikes too. So, you know, you, you're not expecting it to do all the work for you. Yeah, I, I really like that. And, and you know, my daily driver is kind of, a, I wouldn't call it a fitness bike, but it's, it's a... You know, it's an old 2017 um, Rally Redux IE. Um, same specs though, 250 uh, uh, watt motor, similar size tires. Um, so this is this is kind of right up my alley um, in terms of daily driver. Um, one last important question: Class One or Class Three here? I'm pretty sure these are Class One. Okay, so it's yeah, perfect. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of the class threes. So, um, so yeah, class one the, means it, it tops out at 20 miles per hour and then the motor cuts off. Yeah. So, you know, these, these are, again, you know, your sort of fitness, you're not trying to like blast your way to work kind of thing. Uh, I agree, you know, class three, 28 miles an hour would have been great. Um, you know, when I'm commuting, I'm usually doing 28, 30, you know, whatever my bikes top cool. out at a little bit over right. the limit. So um, I prefer those those faster speeds, especially when I'm with cars. But as sort of a fitness bike, I guess they're assuming that people are going to be all right with normal, you know, fitness speeds, which I think 20 right. miles an hour on a non-electric bike is considered pretty decent. Yeah, and I noticed, uh, so there's no display on the handlebars, but there's this little black thing on the on the top tube. What is, is that an actual LCD or is that just something I else? think it's... Yeah, I think it's LED, so it's very simple. It's a single okay. button, and then I think um, you know it's got like a light ring around the button that, depending what color it is, that tells you your battery. You know whether it's like eighty percent, fifty percent, twenty five percent, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then um, I think when you when you press the button, it'll flash a certain number of times to give you your your pedal assist mode. So it's super minimalist. You know, you don't even get a real screen readout, which I could see going either way. You know, I kind of like the stealthiness of it. That it just doesn't scream e-bike with a big you know four inch screen on the handlebars but i can see some people saying you know i'm paying two thousand something dollars give me a screen yeah for sure um yeah so this is a a pretty like i love i like this package um it's it's kind of a camouflage is there a name for that like a bike an e-bike that is meant to look like a uh a regular bike I tend yeah. to go with like a stealth e-bike. The problem is stealth. there's a, a company called Stealth e-bikes. Right. So that can get confusing. And also their bikes are not stealthy at all. They're like 
3,000, 5,000 watt motorcycles or right. pedals. So like stealth bomber. Exactly. Okay. So it gets even more confusing. Okay. One last thing. The brake size, is that 180 or is it looks a little smaller maybe? Oh man, I don't recall off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. <laughs> no it worries. I have the, the spec sheet here. Yeah. So uh, great package all around. Yeah, I'd love to see more bikes like this. You know, we see a lot of these high power, high speed e-bikes, but you know, these stealthy sort of uh, low power fitness e-bikes, I'd love to see more of those. Yeah. And so Giant was having some issues uh, delivering. Uh, are these going to be available or when are they, when are they going to be available? I think it's going to be a few months. Uh, I was trying to get one to review and they're uh, not available yet. So I think it's, it's probably a few months out. All right. So they're still straightening out their uh, supply chain. All right, Okai, Okai, so another one. Is it my pronouncing that right? Okai, uh, 37 I, I, mile per hour scooter. I go with okay, but again, it's, I think it's because it just sounds more familiar to me. Right. All right, okay. Uh, so I'm actually not a huge fan of these crazy scooters. Uh, they scare the crap out of me. Um, even like riding a Lime scooter uh, at its full speed is... Like I don't feel comfortable on that. Whereas I'll drive a ride a bike like sixty miles per hour. So, tell me about this one. Yeah, so I'm like halfway to where you are. These high powered standing scooters like this. I mean, you're looking at you know eighteen hundred watts. That's crazy powerful. Uh, sixty kilometers an hour, like thirty seven miles an hour. These things are just like they're they're basically small motorcycle specs in a standing scooter, like a glorified. Lime scooter. I, you know, I say glorified lime scooter, but obviously it's much nicer suspension, better tires, better components. But uh, still, these things do give me a bit of pause. At the same time, they're a lot of fun to ride if you like. If that's the thrill you're looking for, like there's something about traveling at those speeds while standing up that just gives like a different type of rush. <laughs> I, it's it's hard to explain. Uh, I don't surf, but I imagine if I did, it would. Oh, It'd be yeah. kind of like a, a similar feeling that like, you know, you're just standing up and just flying like, you know, at, at speeds you wouldn't normally be in that position. Yeah, it's weird. Like even just looking at the, uh, you know, uh, a scooter with a seat, it feels like, you know, you don't have control over the, the actual vehicle as well when you're just standing on it versus like, you know, having, you know, kind of like the seat between your legs. You can kind of like, you know, I don't know, it just feels like you have better better control over the, over the vehicle if you know you're turning a little bit and you hit a pothole or something also i did crowd I, I don't know if you remember but i i did crash pretty hard on that wide wheel uh at uh interbike at the last interbike oh i so do remember that that's, that's yeah. part, of, part of my fear yeah i remember that vividly though that was like a very graceful dive you took if, if i may say so thank you i appreciate that <laughs> yeah it, so it these Feel graceful, but well, you, you saved it pretty well. He was back up on his feet in like a second. <laughs> so yeah, oh. these um, I mean these standing scooters. I think that you know for for people like us who are very much e bike people, it, it feels a little counterintuitive to be standing. But there are some people that swear by standing scooters. You know they get the dual trons that go 50, 60 miles an hour, and that's how they get everywhere. Like to them, mm. that's the most like natural way to ride a two-wheeler and i guess it's whatever you start on that feels you know like your your foundation right i'm still and, and like the, 
Sorry, go on. I was going to say, the battery on this one, does it pull out? Or is it fixed? Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure. A lot of these larger battery scooters are starting to do that. It wasn't very common before, but um, we're starting to see a little more of removable batteries on these big scooters, which is nice because, I mean, these things usually weigh like 70, 80 pounds. So yeah. bringing them in to, to charge, especially if you're in an apartment, can be tricky. So I'd love to see yeah. if they can. Yeah, and Okai is the or Okai is the OEM for a lot of um, scooters. Maybe we've seen at, at bike companies, and those sometimes have removable batteries. Um, so, is this kind of like I, you know? I've noticed a lot more. Maybe it's you know press releases and stuff, but I've noticed Okai's or Okai's been kind of out there with their own brand a lot more recently. Is that is that something you're seeing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So for years now, they've been, you know, the OEM, like you said, like those scooters you're looking at there is basically a Lime scooter. And I think they supply that model to other companies as well. But in the last year or so, they've actually been uh, producing vehicles under their own name and promoting their own brand. So instead of just doing the, uh, you know, B2B business to business, now they're doing uh, business to consumer as well. And they're getting their own name out there, which I think is great because, you know, they've produced these awesome vehicles that other companies have put their names on for years and it's about time that okay you know started producing their own their own models and getting credit for the cool two-wheelers that they've been developing yeah and they have some e-bikes as well right yeah they've got a, a bit of everything i think they're they're mostly scooters but they've got several models of e-bikes uh the um, Lime and Jump e-bikes look pretty similar to some of the OK models, so I'm not positive that that's the supplier, but it looks pretty close, so I wouldn't be surprised. All right, next story. After a warning and F rating from Better Business Bureau, electric scooter and e-bike company GoTrax responds. So what's going down here? Yeah, so uh, I started getting a lot more emails over the last few weeks and months from People saying that they had bought a GoTrax scooter, something happened, and they just can't get in touch with customer service. And, you know, I, I often get these emails from just about every company, like even, you know, the the good companies, people email me and be like, this company should be out of business. But when they start really stacking up for just one company, and I kept seeing, you know, GoTrax, GoTrax, GoTrax all the time in my inbox, it's like, all right, well, something different's happening here. So uh, around that time, I also uh, got a bulletin from the BBB that they had just given GoTrax an F rating, which is uh, pretty bad, I have come to learn. And so I reached out and was like, it sounds like you guys are following falling apart. Do you want to you know, maybe provide a comment? And to their credit, uh, they they sat down with me and they just you know, basically spilled all. And they said, yeah, you know, we've, um, we didn't realize that the reviews on the BBB had gotten so bad. And and then once you know they, they gave us that rating, we, we went back and looked and it was like, yeah, we've, we've got to make some changes. So uh, they went through a lot of the different changes they're working on making. Um, one of the things they've done is they've increased their customer service team from, it was down to like four people at one point. So they're up to 29 now. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so it's you know a big change. But I mean, as a large electric scooter company, you can't have just four people on customer yeah. service. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> So, um, you know, they're, they're increasing their customer service team. They've just uh, implemented phone service, which kind of is the differentiator between like a so-so online company and a legit, like there's someone there to pick up the phone when you have a problem company. 
So mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that they uh, just last week started doing uh, phone customer service in addition to the uh, email service. They've redesigned several of their uh, scooters and they have a new model coming out that they said is uh, basically totally redesigned based on customer feedback. The the parts that people said you know were failing or that they didn't like or wanted to see updated. So it sounds like they're they're making actual improvements in their process. They're improving the the product, and um, they're trying to you know make things right. They said they've gone back to every um, complaint that was filed through the BBB, and they've um, actually gotten most of those resolved. So now, if you if you go back to the uh, Better Business Bureau's page on them, you can see that uh, a lot of those now say resolved by the customer, and it, you know the customer is the one that has to go and, and do that. So. It sounds like they're they're actually following through. This isn't just paying lip service. Mm-hmm. And you said uh, one of the new uh, customer support managers is uh, or previously ran the Apple remote service team. So obviously, kind of the gold standard in in customer service. Yeah, That's definitely. It sounds like you know they're they're trying to find the right people to improve on what they realize was obviously pretty poor service. So I, if anything, I was impressed that they were just so, um, you know, they took ownership over over their mistakes and, and they weren't, you know, trying to just brush things under the rug and say like, oh, yeah, you know, there were some issues, but things are different. You know, they really ac- accepted what was wrong and have made concrete steps to improve it, which I think is important. Yeah. Um, and did the BBB upgrade their thing yet? They're like still the at an F, um, but they're their rating like the how many stars out of five stars i think they're up to like a 3.5 or something and they said their goal is to get to 4.5 so they're they're moving in the right direction they'd been at like a one point something out of five so you know the the customer rating is definitely improving so that's a good sign but they're still at an f rating from the bbb i don't know how they they update that though i did get a lot of emails from people telling me that the bbb is basically just like a private you know business, uh, you know, businessmen's club and they support their members and whoever doesn't pay the fee doesn't get the good ratings. I don't know enough about. Yeah. So uh, maybe, you know, the BBB rating comes with some caveat, but uh, I don't think it's something you can just throw away. It's still a lot of consumers reviewing companies on an independent platform. Right. Yeah. It seems like everything's corrupt. Amazon reviews. Don't trust them. Uh, BBB. I don't know. Anyway, uh, good to see that company uh, making some amends there. All right, Podbike to begin delivering its four-wheeled enclosed electric bike car later this year. So I have this weird fascination with uh, Pod or you know these, these things. Um, so tell tell us about Podbike. Yeah. So this is a really interesting one. Uh, essentially, it's I, I guess you'd call it a velomobile. I mean, it's an enclosed bicycle it's a four-wheeler and it's got an interesting drivetrain technically it's a four-wheeled electric bicycle but it doesn't have a chain drive or a belt drive or any mechanical connection between the pedals and the drive wheels it's just a generator and it's essentially a drive-by-wire system so it's it's really kind of neat in that way and it uses two different motors Uh, one motor is um, essentially driven based on, uh, I guess it just powers up to 250 watts and that's the limit. So, you know, the more you pedal, the more it puts out, but the second until the 250 watt limit, but the second motor 
is supposed to be tied to essentially what you would be producing if you were pedaling through a mechanical drivetrain. So that one actually can put out more than 250 watts. It's kind of a, a weird setup, but I think it's a, a loophole to get around the 250 watt limit because it's essentially saying we have one you know, e-bike motor and we have the other one that's just putting out whatever you put out with a electric connection in between, you know, instead of a mechanical right. connection. Yeah, it, it does sound like a, a loophole mobile. Um, so a lot of, lot of stuff about these vehicles. Uh, because they are enclosed and lower, they have a much um, better aerodynamic, uh, I guess, footprint than a traditional bike or even uh, just bikes that are, you know, open, open air. Um, does that make this thing go a lot faster at high speeds or is that, you know, with, with just human and 250, are you even going to get to 30 miles per hour, say? So they said it tops out at 60 kilometers an hour, which is 36 or 37 miles an hour. Uh, and I, I think the only way they can do that is being as aerodynamic as it is right. because it's, I mean, it looks like a, a fighter jet canopy, right? Like, right. It looks super I mean, cool. And yeah, so it's obviously also great for weather, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, um, you know, certainly great for Northern Europe, uh, Scandinavian countries. I mean, this is a, a much better way to get around than a bicycle in the winter. And especially not just, you know, protecting you from rain and snow, but when you're in icy conditions, a four wheeler, worst case scenario, you're just going to spin instead of falling over and falling off your bike. Right. So th this is what I would want, you know, commuting in the winter by bike or, you know, by a funny version of a bike anyways. And, and the power by wire, uh, that kind of makes it easier to kind of enclose so you're not kicking up any rain or snow from like the drivetrain. You, uh, I should probably scroll down, but um, is there anything like, is it watertight from the bottom? Yeah, it seems to be sealed from the bottom. Um, it's We've seen some of these before, like the uh, Elf that were open on the bottom, though there were mm -hmm. like floor kits. But this one, it seems like they've really done a good job of of making it more like a, a car interior. Now, it, you know, it doesn't have the bells and whistles, and there are a few things you can pay extra for, like I think carpet is one of the uh, upgrades. Ooh, fancy. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if that comes in like low pile or shag, but, uh, you know, they, they've got a few little upgradable options to make the, the interior a little bit nicer, but even like the, the base level stock version seems to be at least, you know, fully enclosed and like a good starting point. It's not like those ones where you got to pay extra to add a floor or something like that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, so this is obviously a European, you know, creation, um, do you think this will be coming stateside any, anytime soon? Um, that's a good question. It, it would have certain legal ramifications in the U.S. Because I don't think a four-wheeler is going to be classified as a bike in many places. Because mm -hmm. electric bicycles fall under bicycle designation in the U.S. at least. And that means two or three wheels. So right. when you get into four-wheelers, in a lot of states, it's, it's not going to be a bicycle anymore. So you might be like a, a low speed vehicle at that point, maybe like, you know, a, a gem or a, right. a golf cart, even I'm not sure what the ramifications would be for that. It doesn't look like it would be rocket science, so to speak, to make this a three wheel vehicle. 
like the back wheels seem closer together and they're kind of like uh, it almost seems like it could be a three-wheeler if they, yeah. if they wanted to I think that would be an easier way to enter the U.S. market because then, you know, you'd definitely be a, an electric tricycle right from the beginning and then it would mm -hmm. just, you know, fall under all the all the bicycle laws. It might cut into the storage back there. It's actually got a little trunk or um, okay. you can, uh, instead of the, the cargo compartment, you can have a, a small child seat back there. Um, probably not too large of a child. Right. But, uh, you know, going with the three-wheeler is, is definitely going to cut into that. Though you would get a, a cool teardrop shape to it, it'd be even more aerodynamic, I imagine, right. as a three-wheeler. Yeah, um, and they theoretically could put more powerful motors in there as well, which would probably get it up to, like, you know, 50 miles per hour. Something absurd. Yeah, well, the cool thing is with these enclosed designs, you know, it only takes a little more power to get those higher speeds. You're not fighting the wind quite as much as a an open bike or even a, you know, recumbent bicycle. Right. I mean, that, that to me is the, the really cool part. Like, um, you know, we've seen these like almost, I think they're almost completely human powered, uh, velomobiles that go, you know, 40, 50 miles per hour just by human power, just because, you know, you almost have zero wind resistance. Yeah. It's um, almost like cheating at physics. Right. You're skipping all the wind, or you're like biking in space. Anyway, uh, so cool. I'd like to see more of these kind of things. Glad that they're doing it. All right, and the last story uh, here's how Ride One Up developed its fast and affordable cafe cruiser two passenger e bike. Oh, I also like this one. Yeah, so this is a, a really exciting one. People responded really well when we first covered the news that this was announced. And uh, so I went back and talked to the company a bit more about the development. And it's interesting because while there are many electric bicycle companies that produce a whole array of styles of e-bikes, you know, uh, again, like it's easiest to pull rad power bikes out of the air because they're like the prime example. But, you know, they've got their cargo bikes, their city bikes, metro bikes, uh, utility bikes, fat tire bikes. They do everything. On the other end of the spectrum, you have companies like Ride One Up that are uber specialized in one area. And for Ride One Up, it's commuter bikes, like something that's going to get you to work and home. And they've got like four or five different models, and that's all they do. And they do it really well. You know, like great bang for your buck, very nicely designed uh, commuter bikes. And so when they went and produced or, you know, rolled out this uh, prototype for a uh, sort of a cruiser, cafe racer style bike, it was like, you know, out of left field because it's not, not like anything they've done before. But it's a really cool concept because it takes sort of the efficient commuter bikes that they've uh, been working on for years and it adds in all the utility of a passenger carrying bike. So, you know, if someone was going to get a moped for that reason, but they didn't want the big fat tires and they didn't want the 20 inch wheels and they wanted something that felt a little more, um, you know, cruiser bike-ish, this definitely answers that. So it was interesting to, to learn a little bit more. And it's, it's funny because so many more things went into the design than I thought about, even things like packaging for um, shipping these bikes, because that's a huge expense for e-bike companies. It's, you know, depending on the bike, it can be $100 or more just to ship these once it gets to the U.S. And so they actually had to design it with the box in mind so they could fit it into a small box because it's a, you know, a much bigger bike than they're used to working in. And then there's, you know, the, the uh, high capacity 
rear rack that I think it's rated to something like 130 pounds. So it can carry, um, you know, a, a decent sized passenger, a small adult. And then, you know, if it's rated to 130 pounds that they had to put like a 200 pound person. Right. Yeah. If it's rated to 130, you can put much more on it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's um, such a, such a cool idea, like to, you know, to actually make that rear passenger a, you know, kind of a fixture of the, of the bike. Right. And, and I think, you know, we talked about this a little before, but one thing that I'm curious about is how it handles with that, that much weight up that high when you've got a passenger back there. And that, you know, we'll only be able to tell once we can get one of these for testing, which is probably going to be several more months. Um, there's no clear uh, timeline on this yet, though I think it's going to arrive before uh, one other bike of theirs that is still like a year later not available yet, which is their Prodigy. Mm. And that's a um, their first mid-drive bike. All the other bikes they've done are hub motor bikes, which of course is very common with these sort of um, value-priced e-bike companies. Most of their bikes mm. are in the, the 1000 to 1700 ish dollar range, which it's hard to get into mid-drives at that price. Right. Um, yeah, awesome bike. Looks, looks like a lot of fun. Uh, should be popular if they can deliver them. Um, all right, so that's the last story. I should, uh, we should visit the comments section. A lot of people saying hi and, and um, 8 a.m. on a Saturday, 5 a.m. Pacific, you guys are crazy. Uh, obviously, this person gets up early if they're in Pacific. Um, we did get a super sticker, which uh, thank you for the tip. I guess we'll uh, we'll take we'll take it. Awesome, um, Planet Tierra, nice. Yeah, um, from New Brunswick, which I believe is kind of chilly right now. Um, that's that's uh, pretty far up north in Canada there. Um, so probably not on on bikes these days. Uh, golf cart and humans all over the streets. That's pretty much the only comment. If, if uh, we probably should have called it out, but if you guys do have any comments um, or questions, um, you guys can always uh, put them in the comments, um, and we'll we'll answer them during the show. Um, but that's that's pretty much it for today. Awesome. Well, we'll be back uh, fortnightly, right, Seth? Yeah. So uh, I guess next time you'll see us at the end of January or beginning of I guess you know, two weeks from now would be the 29th. Uh, so you can probably put that on the calendar. Awesome. Well, we'll have a whole pile of new uh, top e-bike and uh, electric motorcycle and all sorts of mobility stories by then. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you uh, two weeks, everyone.